assessment of the situation was that the risk posed by Mr. McDonald did not rise to the necessity of using deadly force to stop it. From WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune, this is 16 Shots, the police shooting of Laquan McDonald. Today, prosecutors wrapped up their case against Jason Van Dyke. At this time, the people of the state of Illinois rest. WBEZ's Shannon Heffernan and Patrick Smith are at the courthouse. Patrick, we're going to analyze the prosecution's entire case with experts tomorrow. But first, I want to talk about what happened in court today. The first witness today was a ballistics expert from the FBI. His name is Scott Patterson. He testified about the moments of the actual shooting. What were prosecutors trying to show with his testimony? I think the main thing that they were trying to show was just how long Laquan McDonald was on the ground during the shooting. You know, um, Patterson today testified that Jason Van Dyke was shooting for about 14 seconds and that Laquan McDonald was on the ground for 12.6 seconds of that entire thing. So the vast majority of it. Um, Patterson was using slowed down video to, to show when the first and last shot happened, although he did say he didn't know exactly when the last shot hit. So I think the main thing was how long the shooting took and how much of it was aimed at, at Laquan while he was laying on the ground. Why is the amount of time Laquan McDonald was on the ground as opposed to the amount of time he was standing significant? Well, I think the reason it's significant is because, you know, Officer Van Dyke's defense is that he was in fear for his life or in fear for other people's safety and that Laquan McDonald was a threat. That's you know, we don't know what the jury's going to decide, but that might be more believable while Laquan McDonald is upright with the knife. It becomes a lot harder to believe that he's a threat, that, that Jason Van Dyke is afraid if Laquan McDonald is laying on the ground, especially if the vast majority of the shots happen while Laquan is already laying on the ground. Now, prosecutors played a video during Patterson's testimony. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was it was kind of the last thing they did during Patterson's testimony. Um, they played a video that was someone firing 16 shots in 14 seconds. Shooter ready? Stand by. And I think the reason they did this and the reason to me it was really powerful uh, was because, you know, 14 seconds and 16 shots, both of those things are kind of hard to, to to wrap your head around. And this was a way for them to to have the, the jury get a sense of what that would feel like in the moment. Because, you know, the dash cam video of Laquan's death, there's no sound on it. So you can't hear those shots. And, and to, it really was startling just how long it took for him to get all those shots off and how much space there was between each shot. I think what they're trying to do is paint a full picture for jurors. We don't know if it's the accurate picture, but now jurors have this this clear vision in their head of what it looked like from the dash cam and what it might have looked like and sounded like for, for 16 shots to go off. How did the defense push back against his testimony? Well, you know, they pushed back on the idea that it took 14 seconds. In cross-examination, you know, they were saying, well, it could have maybe only taken six seconds or maybe even less. You don't actually know when the last shot happened. They also pushed back on, on the idea that that the amount of time it took showed that, that Officer Van Dyke was considering each shot, that he was, as the prosecution's expert said, was, was deliberate and methodical in his shooting. 
Shannon, after Patterson's testimony, prosecutors called former FBI special agent and use of force expert. His name is Yuri Patrick. What did Patrick say? Patrick, pretty forcefully in my view, testified that he did not think that the use of force was necessary. In fact, he made this point so many times that the judge actually stopped prosecution from continuing to ask about that. This is a big deal because it's, you know, what the case is built around. If Laquan McDonald was a threat, then they can justify the use of force in the shooting. If he was not a threat, that's harder to defend. He based that assessment on a few factors. First, he says McDonald was walking away. He judged this by looking at the video of the incident and seeing where his feet were on the street. So you have that white line running down the middle of the road, and he can kind of watch and tell where Laquan is going. The second point he made was that there were a lot of officers on scene. They're all armed, and they had him hemmed in. They had isolated him without any pedestrian standing nearby. And that taser was on its way. So essentially he was saying, look, the situation was under control at that point. So there wasn't a need to shoot, to use deadly force. And then third, he talked about how what Laquan McDonald was armed with was a knife. And he said, yeah, that's a situation that police need to deal with. But in order for somebody armed with a knife to present any kind of immediate risk of uh, bodily harm or death, they would have to be closer to officers or citizens than they saw Laquan McDonald being to anyone. So very clear condemnation of Van Dyke's actions that night, Shannon. How did the defense try to pick that apart in cross-examination? Well, they really pushed back on the fact that this uh, ex-FBI agent came up with his analysis based on the video, that that was a key piece of what he was basing his opinion on. And that video is not from the perspective of Jason Van Dyke. This is something we've heard over and over again, a point they've been making that the video essentially isn't as relevant as it's made out to be because it doesn't show what Van Dyke was seeing. The defense team also pushed back on this idea that it's possible that Van Dyke could have felt threatened. Patrick acknowledged that maybe Van Dyke felt like he was in danger, and it is in an officer's discretion to decide when to shoot, but that doesn't mean that it was a good shooting. That doesn't mean that he was justified in his use of force. That's something people can still look at evidence and analyze. Shannon, the defense also suggested that Van Dyke was worried that McDonald had a gun, right? Yeah, they pointed to this moment in the video where he appears to reach for his side for a moment. And they said, well, is it possible that Van Dyke could have thought that maybe he had a gun with him because of that? And this use of force expert basically said, well, no. I mean, we saw that he had a knife. That was the weapon that he had. It was something that the defense was trying to, trying to get him to go there, and he just wouldn't. Um, throughout defense's cross-examination, Yuri Patrick, this ex-FBI agent and use of force expert, just really stuck to his point that he did not think the use of force was justified based on everything that he had been able to view and that it was just unnecessary. And who was the prosecution's final witness? The prosecution's final witness was a guy named Jose Torres. He uh, witnessed the shooting. You actually heard from his son earlier in the trial. They were in the car together. And he testified that he saw Laquan walking away from officers. He says when officers shouted at Laquan McDonald, McDonald turned his head but not his full body. And then he heard shots. Were there more shots fired while he was on the ground or while he was upright? On the ground. And could you give some sense of how many more? Um, well, it was enough to upset me. 
and you said uh, that it upset you. Uh, did you blurt something out? Yes, I did. Okay, and what was that? Um, I'm not going to use the word, but I, I said, why the F are they still shooting him when he's on the ground? During cross-examination uh, from the defense, they pushed back on Torres, saying that, well, are you sure you had a clear view? Or you could, are you sure you could see what was happening? And they went back and forth on this point for a while, got a little heated, but Torres was really insistent that he had a clear view of the situation and that he was close enough that he had to back up his car so that he had a good view. Why do you think the prosecution ended their case with Torres? Well, I think his testimony is pretty emotional when you hear him say that he shouted out loud, why the F are they shooting him after he is on the ground? I think that's a powerful moment. In some ways, I think he can, the jury could identify with him as somebody who's watching the shooting happening and trying to make a judgment about whether the use of force was justified here. And so I think it's somebody that kind of invites the jury to step into his shoes. And ending on that note and that emotional note is a strong moment for prosecution to end on. Patrick, the prosecution has rested their case. What comes next? Well, um, we know that on Monday, the defense is going to start calling their witnesses. And things can move pretty quickly after that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this whole trial is over by the end of next week. Patrick, Shannon, thanks for speaking with us. We'll talk again. Thank you. Sixteen Shots is a production of WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune. It was produced by James Edwards with assistance from Joe Dassault and Carrie Shepard. Our reporting team includes Shannon Heffernan, Chip Mitchell, and Patrick Smith. Mike Lansu is our digital editor with help from Paula Friedrich and Gabrielle Wright. Our senior editor is Rob Wildeboer. Brendan Banaszak is our executive producer. And Steve Edwards is WBEZ's chief content officer. Special thanks to the Tribune editors, Matt O'Connor, Tracy Van Morleham, and Angela Rosa O'Toole. And thanks to the WBEZ Newsroom, whose reporting was instrumental to this series. You can find out more about the case at wbez.org slash 16shots. Check this podcast feed regularly for updates from the trial of Officer Jason Van Dyke and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Now, more than ever, facts matter. That's why the journalists at the Chicago Tribune are committed to quality journalism, relentlessly pursuing the truth, and providing you with the stories that impact your community, as well as your daily life. Get fact-based journalism and support the future of investigative reporting, like 16 Shots, by subscribing to the Chicago Tribune today. Visit chicagotribune.com slash 16 Shots for a special subscription offer just for listeners of this podcast.